Hello everyone. Welcome to Fandoms, Culture, and Perhaps a Few Murders. I am the Chaotically Good Al, and with me as always is Garth. Party on. Party, Party on. on. <laughs> Just kidding. And with me as always is Spade. How you doing? And Feline. Hello, hello. Gargoyles, Poison, and Illuminati. Oh my. And that's just my scoop from the Oakwood Barrel of Oddity that we have today. Today's topic is conspiracy theories. Who wants to go in first? I have a um, story about the Korean Airlines Flight 007. Have, you, have you guys heard any of this before? I was about to say 007 work. Yep. Have you guys heard about that uh, particular story? No. No. Well, it was a flight that was scheduled from New York City to Seoul through Anchorage, Alaska. The gist of it was it was shot down by a Soviet interceptor on September 1st, 1983. And due to a navigational mistake made by the crew, it had deviated from its planned route and flew through prohibited Soviet airspace around the time of a U.S. aerial recon mission that was going on supposedly at the same time. Oh damn, so wait, there was two not-so-friendly aircraft in, in an area that doesn't, it's barely letting the Americans in at the time. Well, the airspace, yeah, the airspace was restricted and apparently what we know now that wasn't known then outside of, you know, a select few was there was an actual Soviet um, recon mission that the U.S. was launching around the same oh, time. the U.S. wasn't supposed to be there either. Well, the U.S., uh, the thing about it was the passenger plane got shot down because the Soviets thought it was a spy plane trying to gather information. Meanwhile, uh, there was one that was going on that the U.S. had launched that, yeah. uh, that, that apparently the Soviets did not catch wind of. So what they did was they ended up shooting the wrong plane uh, down. So they were right. They but just right, shot the wrong one. That's what I was figuring out. Yeah. So I just wanted to double check because two people that shouldn't have been where they were got bopped when they really Only one of them jail. was up to no good. Yeah. They, right, and they got the wrong one. And there, there, this one was out in the open, mind you, you know, it, be, it being a public airline and whatnot, while the other one was being stealthy. It's like the one that was public just because of flying in the wrong airspace and due to a changed route got shot down. I feel like that's the point where, you know, if you're in the U.S., you just sort of like tiptoe away with their hand in front of your face. Right, you did that whole whistling shit, the whistling and walking away. The Soviets treated it like it was a spy plane, so they destroyed it with air-to-air missiles um, after firing warning shots that was believed not to have been noticed by the pilots of the passenger plane. So right there, if the pilots were being inattentive, that also uh, you know, messed up you know what went on although i think they would have had things on board instruments that would have told them that they were in the wrong area so why didn't they not compensate you know what i mean when weren't they radioed because i was gonna say like if they didn't see the warning shots they would at least be able to reach them on radio right the air channels are supposed to be open you're you're thinking american wise these are foreign countries already with people who shouldn't be in their airspace they don't have to afford you that many courtesies but i mean like warning flare that's all they like for war crime shit that's all they need to cover when it comes to like the world organizations and all that shit as long as they fired a warning everything after is your own fucking fault they don't have to try to reach you for radio the u.s sits there and does that shit we shot some across your face and you didn't pay attention to us so fuck you did that is true i wasn't i'm not sure of like you know policies for other countries when it comes to like flying in restricted airspaces at the very least like when it comes to like combat and war they always seem to be able to access people's channels especially since you know 
a passenger plane wouldn't exactly have a super restricted channel. You feel like they'd right. be able to hack their shit and be like, get the fuck out of here. There is also the very real possibility that they did have intel on the spy, some spy craft going to show up in their um, airspace. But because they couldn't see the other aircraft, the only one that they did see that flew into their airspace is the one that they assumed wrongly in this case what, you know, was the one just guised under a passenger plane. Oh, you know what's funny too? It's funny that they assumed the one that was out in the open was the, you know, spies. Granted, you just said that they thought they were pretending to be a passenger plane, right, but they they're out know, in the open. Right, they could have been like, oh, those dumbass Americans, keep those <laughs> motherfuckers down. <laughs> That's the thing though too, it's that, um, remember the adage of just hiding in plain sight? It could easily be one of those types of things too. They don't really walk yeah. through the front door. Right, they just, they don't come in on a passenger plane and allow two random people to jump off to go recon in a mission while letting everybody else fly passenger and go forward and pretend like nothing's okay. It's not like Sherlock where they fly a whole airplane full of dead people over somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna reference that. <laughs> it's not, the, like it's not the movie. So there's, they, I mean like there's clearly movie situations where they do do shit like this. So they've proven with like released file from the past of like you know them doing shit like mk ultra and you know other subversive shit that we wouldn't think would actually be happening but they do fucking do but we also you know, know they're sending people in to to swap out leaders for better leaders that would be more favorable for us on our side you know you never know if that shit really does happen or pop off but we also are constantly told especially when in regards to like possible ufo shit we're constantly told that we're always working on some spy craft so like they're meant for stealth. They're not meant right. to be out in the open. Shout out to Area 51. And our defense budget is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And it's going somewhere. The plane crashed in the sea near Monoran Island, west of uh, Sakhalin in the Sea of Japan. Uh, all 269 on board were killed, Shit. including a U.S. representative, Larry McDonald from Georgia. Wreckage was found two weeks later on September 15th. Flight recorders found were in October, but this was kept secret and unreleased until 1992. That's nine years after the incident. Damn, why? Is it because so little people- Oh, I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get into that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The Soviet Union initially denied knowledge of the incident, of course, but later they admitted to shooting it down. I wonder how that makes you look publicly. You know what I mean? It's like you're just denying something that's horrendous. Sure, you don't want to take credit for that. But, you know, if it ends up showing that you did, because once they find any remnants of a missile, I'm pretty sure there's a big USSR, you <laughs> yeah. know, type of thing on it, uh, like a designation. Public opinion only matters in America. Public opinion doesn't matter in other countries where the dictator gets to walk around for, shirtless on a horse and have himself painted on their, on women's wedding dresses and shit. Yeah, but, like, but that's also not wartime either. <laughs> See, but 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 you see, the Putin example isn't during wartime. This is during this is during Cold War era. They do care because if they didn't, then the Cuban Missile Crisis would not would have been moot at this point. You know what I mean? So during wartime, it's very different when you want to be looking like you're not doing anything wrong and you're just trying to have the ability to defend yourselves and try to justify that we shot down something that shouldn't have been in our airspace. Exactly. I was going to say that kind of also should matter to them because you're sort of backtracking on something that should be a power move. You should be bragging about it because you want to look strong against other forces. And not stupid, caught with your pants down. Yeah, because once you deny it, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like you're fearful of some sort of... Reprisal. Yeah. And then you backtrack it like, okay, so we lied. Yeah, in this yeah, case, the UN would have been there. Their, 
countries are all powerhouses on their own during the Cold War times. The Cold War was the Cold War because there was powerhouses on both ends. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it, it did. So, like, it, it would be random because the, this hate is brewed when war happens. And then there's people who are hating one side. And they're just like, fine, take their fucking airplane down. Screw them. They're shit people. Some of our people died with them. And that was, you know, casualties of war, so to speak. And it could be written off for people who have real self, like real hate like that. So public opinion, I think, wouldn't be as important in that case. Well, I'm saying that public opinion seemed to be important to them because, to one, admitting that, yes, they did sh- you know, shoot it down and eventually you know, disarming themselves and at the same time disbanding their entire powerhouse as they were. You know, they didn't. if they weren't willing or caring about being molded by public opinion or the United Nations coming through because of public opinion then the USSR would have been still around a bit longer than it ended up being. That's why I'm thinking that it, you know, public opinion always does have some sort of, I'd say, effect okay, on, no, on politics, that's all. I'm not discrediting it at all, especially in powerhouse nations like that one, but like what I'm saying is, is at the time, for them, it wasn't that big of an issue because they could sit there and take down an entire plane tonight and say, fuck y'all, and then be like, we're still going to fuck with y'all. You know, and, and we're, we're still on with this war. It was really good. Afterward, um, they claimed that uh, they thought that the plane was on a, um, a Macint uh, spy mission, and Macint is Measurement and Signature Intel, which is um, set to detect track and ID distinct characteristics of fixed dynamic target sources, usually via radar, um, acoustic nuclear, chemical, or bio intel, um, looking for anything of those classes that emit a signature. Reasoning for them shooting it down was, was that they felt like they were detecting something like that on their radar. Was the U.S. doing that? Like, were we doing what they thought? they were doing the funny thing about it is is that um even all these years later it hasn't been definitively said that our supposed spy mission that was going on at the same time what that detailed let alone you know what info it got but i would imagine that given the fact that this was post cuban missile crisis by the way because this was in the 80s so this is during the reagan administration and so the height of the cold war yeah there's usually some mandates that usually tell you that oh through the freedom of information act certain documents even though they could be released through that means let alone i'd say some sort of um blockage on it for let's say oh we can't unveil this document until 50 years after whatever you that's know what, what i was gonna say isn't yeah. it at least 50 years like, yeah generally wait it's always like 25 to 50 years but depending on i think the sensitivity of it and it's probably, probably current, longer like political in the climate. climate yep and then also at the same time even if they do release it on time um w- you know without any of those other factors playing a role in it they could still release it heavily redacted you know what i mean all they have to do is release it with some information that you can see that you can gather but they don't have to release every single detail i they- think it's right. funny right. that they'll release a paper that's full of black bars and be like there you go now you know right. do you-, you see three names and you have to sit there and guess about like all the random words you go hey that's a two yeah like do we know do we <laughs> soviets believe um, that the U.S. was deliberately provocating their military preparedness or trying to provoke war. At the same time, the White House accused Soviets of obstructing search and rescue operations. The Soviets suppressed evidence by the ICAO, which was the International Civil Aviation Organization at the time. I think they were the precursor to the NTSB. But like the recorders, which were released 10 years later, after the USSR dissolved. So, you know, it tells me 
that when the change of regime happened, then there was a bit more cooperation in terms of letting it out, unless they were being pressured by the United Nations at the time, which and all other the rest of the international communities. As a result of it, though, um, the U.S. did change tracking procedures for aircraft leaving from Alaska, prompting the Reagan administration to allow worldwide access to U.S. GPS systems. Now, that was just a history of the particular subject that I was pointing out. The conspiracies is is very detailed. And one of the major questions about it was if they were experienced pilots, which both the pilots there were, why was it that they didn't notice a change in their course? You would think that they would have made a course correction at the time, but they didn't, but for what reason? So that kind of feeds into a particular thought that maybe they were on a spy mission unbeknownst to the passengers on board, except for, you know, a select few. That would be really funny, but also probably accurate to how governments work, where they, you know, put real innocent, unaware passengers on this plane to help shield them. You know, you have your your clandestine, yeah, your clandestine mission with a blanket of innocence that you're surrounding yourselves with. It's reminding me of the Looney Tunes cartoon where the, the wolf and the sheep dog log, uh, clocking to work and the, the wolf sits there and hops in with like the, the sheep, sheep wool over its body and stuff and tries to hide a place like mm-hmm. the, the sheep. So the thing about it was that all accounts note that the pilots had several sources of info that could have alerted them to their increasing deviation from their planned route. So there would have been some sort of noise that happened in one of the instruments to tell them they were off course, you know? That would seem like one of the most basic things that they would have accounted for. So why didn't they is, you know, the question some conspiracy theorists ask. What kind of airline was it? Korean Airlines. Uh, see, I feel like when it comes to other nations' airlines, there's always the possibility of some sort of thing going on. Like, even our air pilots have sat there and been bought, like, carting drugs because they're flying back and forth. It could be that there's like, you know, listen, we're paying you this much just to fly this way. That's all you need to do. Oh, that's all we're telling you. That's all you need to do. And the pilot just, you know, flies that way. The other, yeah, the other scenarios um, additionally suggest that the, the flight's first officer may have noticed that they did fly away from the planned course, but due to the airline's culture, um, it may have discouraged anyone from questioning the captain's conduct of the flight, so he may have remained silent based on decorum. It's like, you know, it's like questioning your superior, you know, and if these were Korean pilots, which I, I didn't double check to see if they were, then that would make sense, at least for their hierarchy. Or like social decorum. Yeah, that too, because it's different for everyone. Like in Japan, you're quiet on the train, but you're not that here in the United States. No, we be doing stupid shit. Right, people be blasting their music, taking pictures of people, recording other people being just retarded, all that shit. Apparently people jacking off on people without their knowledge too. People be on trains naked. There was a video of this dude trying to kidnap a chick off a train. In public, huh? Yeah, he was harassing and people were recording. All of a sudden, he just tries to pick her up and walk her off, walk off the train. It's funny how people just record and they don't actually try to help the individual. Well, like the other people were like, they stopped for a second, realized what was going on. They're like, oh, you know, they got him before they pulled her completely off. But like, she had a hand on the pole, like, yo, by the legs, pulling her away. Like, he scooped her up, like, one arm, like, you know how if you like a pick up a toddler where you close your hand? A fireman carry? Together. Well, not really. He just like he did. He one armed her like around the middle and scooped her up, and then was using his other hand to kind of hold it. Yeah. So he was holding her like that. Like a sack of potatoes. And then pulling her 
her away. When she grabbed the pole, he just kind of slid down her a little, so we had her legs. And he was trying to get off the train station with her. I was like, oh my god, the audacity of these people are crazy. It's just like the guy in Shang-Chi who was recording the fight, but he was just in there talking about, you got this, bro? It's like, it's right. like that. that's, a, that's the extent of the help that he offered, was just, like, you know, oh, encouragement. That's it. <laughs> That's a great movie. It's like, she, yeah, she can, she can escape. Go ahead, try. Don't let yourself get kidnapped. It's terrible. That would play into the role of if decorum culturally was at play, then the first officer would have also still remained silent just because they would have thought that the captain knows what the instrument says and therefore it must be fine if he's not adjusting. Uh, other things that feed into the backing up of this theory is that um, there there would have been difficulties in making required reports as the pilot and co-pilot would have been aware of the aircraft's serious deviation if it was more than 12 nautical miles off course. There would have been contrary wind conditions of their flight versus the other flight that had taken off about 15 minutes behind it. Um, about 23 minutes before the tragedy, the two aircraft compared the times that they expected to reach the waypoint at which it became apparent that uh, KL Flight 15 would, would reach it only four minutes behind 007. But 15 reported experiencing strong tailwinds while 007 was experiencing headwind. The paradox of the different flying conditions experienced by two different aircraft fly, uh, supposedly flying so close together was also discussed in the cabin, would have been discussed in the cabin of 007, but the crew failed to draw any conclusions from it. The weather radar, which would have been another last aid to warn the crew that they were dangerously off course because it would have told them about, you know, incoming terrain, whether it be water or mountain, if the plane was heading in either of those directions. Yeah. The other theory is um, it being a planned spy mission. The theories point out to the incongruency of a civilian passenger liner that went accidentally astray and unnoticed precisely in one of the most militarily sensitive and well-observed areas in the Cold War. It would be pointed out that, they were, that there were powerful land and uh, sea radar arrays that would have tracked their flight as it crossed through the NORAD prohibited to civilian flight zone and approached the entered Soviet territory. There would have been maps that they would have had that would have told them, this is restricted airspace, make sure you don't go this way. That's generally a heads up that pilots get when it comes to something as simple as, oh, there's going to be a storm, you know, in that direction. So make sure you fly above the clouds or you take whatever precaution you need to take. So, you know, they would have been warned. That's true, too. The, uh, the other thing was is that the line of sight radar, which was capable of tracking an aircraft of up to about 30,000 feet altitude through an area covering 400 miles, would have been something that would have helped them know when they were near dangerous territory. But the fact that the plane continued to head in that direction, the the theories are making it sound like it's either gross ineptitude of the pilots involved for continuing to fly. That's a lot of signs to ignore. Yeah. So but, it, you know, that, it's almost that, making that, like it's no, they're being blamed. Pilot, you know? Again, both from your visual and acuity knowledge and shit that you've learned as a pilot itself. Like there's shit that you just don't ignore. Also, I feel like even with like social decorums, though, I know, especially like in Asia in general, there's like very strict procedures when dealing with your seniors. I feel like if we're supposed to be in a particular area and we're seeing mountains where we're not supposed to be seeing mountains, I can't stay quiet, bro. <laughs> Something's right. wrong. We're supposed to have the oceans to our left and it's directly in front of us. What's going on? Like we're definitely in the wrong spot, dude. 
I can't ignore that, especially not so consistently with back-to-back -back things like weather and wind conditions and placement of terrain being all wrong. You have to say something. I feel like it would be right, extremely weird to just continue in silence. But at what point, what does it come to like, all right, so I say something, what do I do now? Do I try to report it in or do I, do I, does he sit there and berate me and tell me that? You know, he got different orders for me. Does the radio also give separate, like, information? So if he tried to reach out to a tower with the, the captain here, he could always wait for the captain to go to the bathroom and be like, yo, break a break or whatnot, whatever. We're not seeing shit. Is anybody, can anybody hear us? Because, I mean, he said that they were reporting back to the people, but they had contrary information to the other flight that was on the same path, or supposed to be on the same path, that was just behind them. How does the tower also not say, like, guys, where the fuck are you? You are right. not experiencing the same conditions and you're supposed to be on the same path. If you guys are supposed to be on the same route, you're supposed to be saying the same shit, not completely different things. 10 minutes apart, mind you. Yeah, come on. There's not going to be mountains there all of a sudden and then not there 10 minutes later. All right, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. The um, other thing was the theories about lack of human remains and luggage at the impact site. Well, it could have been looted. That could be just plain old looting. And if you don't think for one second that like people from like Russia or other countries or whatever that saw that go down, didn't think that that was a perfect opportunity to try to snatch them some shit, especially since whenever anybody sees images of Cold War times and they see villages and countries and shit, it's all like gray and depressing. If you don't think that they're snatching up whatever they can, well, the, the government like, could have gone to over a year old slats that they still sit there and use. Well, the thing was is that uh, when it came to the impact site, it was very suspicious that on the surface level, there was no debris, no bodies or body parts or tissue or luggage found on the surface. Um, furthermore, the sea bottom had only one partial torso and 10 body parts or tissues, possibly from the same individual that was noted by the Soviet civilian divers who had commenced diving to the wreckage uh, just two weeks after the shootdown. So there's a two week period where they couldn't find anything. That's not to necessarily say that they launched the investigation and search and rescue two weeks later it's just that they couldn't find anything for two weeks until that point in time and they found a single well, body that, what, how, what, how did it take for the immediate response to go how, and how close was the air was the crash to civilian population well because any of that could still be in plane if there's a wilderness nearby that could clearly be taken up by animals the sea of japan it was in the middle of the water there wasn't any land nearby except for oh, Mo uh, except for Monoran Island which would not have been heavily populated at the time yeah the ocean swallows shit up yeah no the ocean swallows it all yeah how deep was that like the, oh the yeah yeah, I, yeah it, it was deep um yeah so there's civilian so divers can only go so far before the pressure starts to fuck with them and there's only so much money people will sit there and invest for a crash ship and might not sit there and, and, and worth it be invest in, in a submersible to sit there and handle the, the higher pressures for proof of wreckage. You said there was no debris found and only one partial body? One partial torso. And this was two weeks after the, the incident. But like no debris and like no pieces of the plane? No, not until two weeks afterward did they actually find materials relating to the incident. In this well, case... What kind of material? Well, uh, well, well here's, the, here's the thing. It's odd because remember, there were 269 passengers, okay? And divers that were there reported 
that there was no luggage. In their report, they found only a few pieces of luggage at the bottom after further searching. Of the 13 body parts or tissues that washed up on uh, the Japanese Haikodo beaches 70 miles away from the Soviet-owned Monoran Island at the time, it started eight days after the shootdown, and they were all uh, unidentifiable. All non-human items, such as uh, there were over 30 pairs of sneakers that were sent, that were shown... I think on the news, um, there were some people who had lost loved ones on that flight that could instantly recognize some of the shoes that were spotted there. I was going to say, I think I saw something about shoes showing up on shore, but... You know what I was going to say? I was going to say that that sounds reminiscent of the idea, like, you know, when people jump, they take off their shoes. And, like, not to spawn a whole different conspiracy theory, but doesn't it sound odd that, like, they placed just shoes on the shoreline and some people could identify their family members just by the shoes? Like, shoes aren't mass-produced? Right. Well, it, it, there was one case I remember reading was um, a woman was able to recognize it was her daughter's shoes because she tied them in a very particular way. That's a little more specific. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you're just saying, hey, that's my son's red pair of shoes, like, there aren't plenty of red shoes out there and probably more than one on a single flight. Yeah, there was one having to do with a son who, whose Almost. mother had noticed that her son's shoes were shown on television because he wore it a particular way too. It's very, it, what it was, it was like the personal touches is what made them spot it. No, I can believe stuff like that. Yeah. It just... You're also running the risk of people looking for attention and just saying, oh my God, that could be my daughter's shoes. Yeah, and I feel... And then actually have kids and then it's just people looking for limelight. You know, like when people sit there and take credit for murders that they had no part of. Because I was going to say, like, that almost, just the way it was framed sounds staged. It almost sounds like fiction, you know? The shoes wash up, and you're like, those are my whoever's shoes. Right. I mean, like, if they were like, you know, it's, you know, Yuki Sonata's shoes, you know? Written on the inside or something like that. Because you know how some people will write their kids' yeah. names in their shoes and stuff? If they did that, they'd be like, oh, it's little Timmy's. The interesting thing is, is that, um... The shoes that were recovered on those beaches and the other articles of clothing, um, they were generally coming from a passenger cabin of an aircraft and none from the cargo hold, contrary to what would have been expected if there had been a total destruction of the aircraft crashing into the sea, which would then tell you that at the time of impact, it may have been completely intact, uh, which is why you didn't see any luggage or any other debris floating at the time. Um, That's interesting. Like the wings just came off, but the fuselage in the center stayed the intact. Whole shaft of it but here's the catch. But here's the catch, though. There was, upon further diving in, the Soviets had been able to notice via radar. They were able to locate the wreckage in the first place after the, the about two weeks worth of searching. So that's where they were able to locate it. And when they went to the bottom, there was nothing intact of the plane whatsoever. All that you could see was scattered debris. I think something like they described it like it was looking like tinsel that you could find. Lots of tinsel on the ground. And How strong are the currents? Because underwater currents could sit there and take an entire city's worth of rocks and stone and stuff. Well, they later posited it as there was another country, I think presumably the, the U.S., I think, that had... Um, used something that's kind of like a trawler to comb the ocean floor to see if they could feel any obstruction down there and it's believed (laughs) and it's believed that they probably might have destroyed it with that material before the soviets were able to discover where it was so So they they would have destroyed what was down there huh Um, that was that on purpose and one uh, yeah and that that fed into another 
theory that I'll probably touch base on in a second. But the thing was is that um, one of the Soviet officials had sat there and said, you would think that um, you would have waited to do something like that until after the radar, which would have detected where it was, which it did, would have been able to be explored and recover before you started to do anything else that would have messed up the area that you were searching. That's funny too, because it only showed up on the radar for the Soviets. So why were they combing that spot if they weren't sure anything was there? Like the Russians went there because they saw it showed up on radar. Mm -hmm. What were they doing combing that spot? Right. Um, There was a theory, um, and this one might be a bit silly, but it had to do with uh, giant crabs. (laughs) Really? It's believed that the bodies were eaten by, you know, the scavengers, which would make sense because obviously, you know, anything that's sitting there, it's meat, you know? You see tattered clothing, ripped bits, body parts. I mean, the ocean can handle business when it comes to scavengers and and picking apart the the pieces and leaving it out and handling business as far as consumption goes because everything eats everything. He goes. But, like, you'd still feel fabric. You'd still find fabric, like a shirt ripped open, like clearly been ripped by some claws, tattered, you know, stuff like that. Because you said they never found luggage, right? So no suitcases whatsoever on a passenger plane? At that point. But um, there was some luggage that they were able, I think, to uh, recover after the fact. But at the time, it was rather odd that you didn't see anything, you know, like for a long period of time. It was over 100 passengers, right? 269. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. That's a lot of luggage. And not to mention, not to mention equipment that the plane would have had anyway, you know what I mean? Like food carts, things like that. Right? You would think. I mean, the flight recorders, I think, if I remember, they were discovered more than 23,000 feet under the sea. So they were they were down deep, but yet they were recovered anyway and held on to for nine years. Is that like the black box and shit yes. that they usually... Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was going to say, the black box would definitely help with yep. explaining some of their story. Yep. Um, the Soviet interceptor pilot um, who fired the missile, he said that I heard that they had found the Boeing while I was still on the island. And they even investigated it, but no one saw the people there. Um, however, they explained the fact that there are crabs in the sea off of the island that immediately devour everything. And he heard that they did find only a hand in a black glove. That would, that, that, I mean, that makes sense. I've seen videos of, of uh, the way people trap crabs, and they'll just put a ham inside of a cage, inside of a bigger cage. So the ham is surrounded by, a, by just a cage. But they, it's inside of a bigger cage. And they'll throw the bigger cage down in the ocean floor and they have the doors open and the crabs will just come walking in and they'll just pick at the, the ham through the holes in the cage and they stay there just picking at it. It's a giant, like, you know, honey cured ham just boom right in the center. They're just picking at it, picking at it. And then others come in. And then when you start to pull it up, they'll start keeping others from trying to escape. So, so they just, you know, either keep going at the ham or stopping others from leaving. I mean, there's a reason why so, people throw bodies in the ocean. Not that right, I'm endorsing it. They be right at it. And pigs. People do it with pigs, too. Pigs will eat everything. Oh, yeah. When they're getting rid of bodies on land, sure. Yeah, that's a, that's an old mafia trick. But um, the the interceptor, he sat there and said that he believed that maybe that was the hand of the pilot of the aircraft he shot down. But he was in there saying that um, even at that point, he couldn't really believe that there were even passengers on board the plane because surely there would be something that was left behind. Nevertheless, he supports the, the old version of the story where he believed it was a spy plane. And in any event, it was not happenstance that it flew towards us. I mean, yeah, I feel like even with animals eating shit, how often do they really clean the plate? I mean, you see 
see like evidence of animal debris so to speak in like the woods after you know nature happens i've seen right, and then there's bones too yeah yeah bones they're not eating the bones i was about to get to that point was that um a marine biologist had explained why the crab or any other sea creature theory would be untenable in this situation because even if you proceed from the supposition that crustaceans sharks or something else fell upon the flesh the skeletons would have remained. In many cases, skeletons were found on the sea or ocean floor, which had sat there for many years, even decades before they were found. And in addition, crustaceans would not have touched bones. They, so the crab theory could not account for the lack of luggage either. Yeah, because they're not eating anything other than meat. Right, they'd rip off, they'd rip at the, the cloth if they could to get at the meat underneath. But that's all you'd see, just open cloth. And then at, at one point, it'll be whole. It, it'll be a hole in the cloth, and they'll just crawl in. They're not going to make the cloth bigger. They're just going to eat from the inside of the hole and then work from there. They're not, like, they eat through shit. Um, there was also the theory of decompression, where it was suggested the passengers were sucked out of the aircraft, leaving their clothes behind. But that means all of them are going to fly out naked, though. Huh? You, 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 right. you, you know? Yeah, they said that something else was inexplicable to them, zipped up clothes. For instance, a coat, slacks, shorts, a sweater with zippers, the items would be different but zipped up and nothing inside. We came to this conclusion that most likely the passengers had been pulled out of the plane by decompression and they fell in a completely different place from where we found the debris and that they had spread out over a much larger area than originally thought. So, And the current also may have did its work. That's what uh, was a theory by correspondents who were Russian in this case, had mentioned in a, um, in a 1991 interview. I know currents are like strong and again, the ocean does shit to bodies, but I feel like, especially with currents, that would mean at least a couple of the bodies, because some of them had to have fallen close together just given the circumstances. Mm. That means they would have all been pulled in the same direction and they have to show up somewhere at some point. All these conspiracies would have to be happening at once. Everything has to be folding in line like a deck of cards for this conspiracy theory to pop off. The only way for that entire fuselage to stay intact and just tumble out and then, you know, supposedly the Americans trudged through it and, and, and tore it up like shredded meat. The only way that that shit would be able to pop off is if that shit, like, all of that had to happen together. Not, like, one individual, you know, conspiracy theory. Maybe it was this, maybe it was this. This would have to happen, then this, then this. You know, then the Americans would have to sit there and have shredded it up. Then the animals would have had to be picking it clean and the bones who would have been carried out to, on those same currents out, you know, to who sit knows in the bottom where? of a trench for the next, you know, 20 million years. All of those things would have to happen together, not just like at once for any one thing to be plausible for every situation, you know? Then there was the theory of Soviet removal of the bodies. Um, the civilian Soviet divers first went down to the wreck just two weeks after the shootdown. The finds they encountered were contrary to an aircraft having fallen from the sky, as they corresponded more to secondary placement of the wreckage and removal of both the passengers and air crew of the plane by the Soviet Navy, who they claimed had been at work prior to them diving in in the first place. It's believed that the Soviet Navy may have used both divers and trawlers ahead of the the crew that was going down to find what they ended up finding, which was the, the lack of, of uh, presence of items and debris. I mean, they could have sat there and set submersibles ahead of time. Yeah, he said that the... And, you know, did like old school towing and dragged it out of the ocean, you know? Yeah, that's the trawler the that, they would have, they that they were alluding to, that the possibility is what they used. I, I think all of this is absolutely plausible. And, and <laughs> they, they said that the first submergence was on, to, uh, was on October 
I'm sorry, September 15th, which was two weeks after the aircraft had been shot down. And as we learned before that, that the trawlers had done some work in the designated quadrant. So it's hard to understand what sense the military saw in trawling the operation. To drag everything haphazardly around the bottom by the trawls and then send in the submersibles, it's clear that things should have been done in reverse order. So it, so they found it, took it away, and just dumped fake shit to, to, to make it seem like this is where it happened and this is what really happened? Yeah, and that ties it down to the um, theory of possible abduction and retention of the passengers and crew by... By the Soviets. That's definitely CIA level, you know, movie bomb type shit. So again, can't really 100% throw in, it out considering everything that we've seen over the years. In, at least in their case, KGB. I mean, right. KGB. I, I, for me, I already said that the shoe thing almost sounded staged, especially like Perfect. having random people who you can't confirm or disprove that they're related to whoever was on that plane, saying, oh, that's my family members to help, like, you know, solidify the story. And lastly, um, of course, the tried and true, U.S. covered it up. Bush did 9-11. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that was... Uh, that was to the well hey hey they did have the the person who i think got assassinated by slow poison of uh, umbrella dart in the last 10 12 years i love umbrella darts yeah (laughs) yeah it was like a little little pellet Mm -hmm. shot to an umbrella right yeah yeah something like that and it was recent enough supposedly against someone who was a a putin detractor oh wow and this was at least in the last 10 12 years now that's some movie shit right Mine is about the Denver airport. It's 1995, and it has been rumored that the New World Order or Illuminati have their super secret meetings under it, fitted with underground tunnels, secret bunkers, and world-molding meetings with lizard people, and the uber-powerful, all-cloaked leaders assembling underneath, along with an escape tunnel reaching all the way to NORAD 100 miles away. It starts with the Mustang statue, tall, beautiful blue, uh, I think it's rock iron, um, but it has a neon... Uh, red lights, though beautiful, it is cursed, supposedly. Referred to as Lucifer, as well as other equally evil names, is believed to be cursed due to it falling on and killing its creator, Luis Jimenez, in 2006. This had occurred two years before its installation into the, De- the Denver airport. The red eyes on the big blue stallion, even though insidious in viewing, is a tribute to the artist's father who owned a neon sign shop that he had worked in during his childhood. And to this day, it's a re- it remains one of the most iconic pieces of art in the air. What's that phrase about, like, something about a horse? Don't look a horse in the eye, don't... Don't, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And that's just, you know, don't sit there and be rude to somebody who gives you a gift. Don't be... Don't <laughs> kill your creator. Right. Um, the next one is, in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the coordinates given to the humans by the aliens, West 104, 4430, and North by 40, 3610, takes you directly to the international Denver International Airport. The next one is a mining cart carved into the tile of the Great Hall and adorned with the letters AU and HE, the atomic symbols for gold and silver, is really an abbreviation for the Australian antigen, a deadly chemical weapon that the Illuminati will use to secure power over humankind. So are we sure it's not just COVID? <laughs> no, no, no. This one is distinctly by the Illuminati and they're broadcasting that they're going to kill us with this antigen. But Denver Airport um, also has gargoyles perched over by the luggage handling, and they're supposedly protect people's stuff. And in 2019, not to be done by the fake gargoyles, Denver Airport decided to lean into one of the conspiracies, and they have their own actual talking gargoyle that talks shit to people in the airport when they walk by. So I think it's pretty funny that they at least lean into their uh, conspiracy theories. They have a sense of humor. Right. And it, it, it talks light shit. It does light humor. I wish I could be the one. I'd be meaner. 
Actually, that, I would definitely suggest looking on YouTube for um, the, the Denver airport talking gargoyle. It's entertaining. Well, if you believe the symbols that, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce put out there. Have you ever seen those videos where, like, it, they're really, really stupid, really stupid, like, YouTube videos, where they go out of their way to make nonsensical connections to the Illuminati. They'll be like, oh, Jay-Z had a song that had the letter T in it. T is also the same letter that the word triangle starts with. A pyramid is in the shape of a triangle. A pyramid is the yeah. Illuminati. Jay-Z is a I part of the Illuminati. I call them the 23 people. Did you know that movie 23? Is with Wait, um, Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, yeah, mm -hmm. that one. And he just like finds 23 and everything and it drives him like psychotically crazy, crazy leads him back to a murder and went to being himself. Yep. I, that's what that is. That's the 23 years for me. They're always overly convoluted and they're kind of funny to watch, honestly, because it's how it's so stupid. It's super stretching. And then they're just like, well, you know, if you take Pikachu's name and, and put it into numbers and then take away the one and then add the two and it equals this. And I'm like, bruh, this is too much. You're, you're, you're way too much. You're just pulling shit out of thin air to try to make it. You're fitting things to fit your facts instead of the other way around. Let I the mean, facts fit the story. Honestly, that's how like 90% of conspiracies work because if it reality does not conform to match your story, you have to make it conform. Right. Just like people with the flat earthers. Well, guess what my topic is? Oh, it's a flat earth. I love it. So a perfect I segue, it. I decided to do flat earth because I don't understand it. In an attempt to give like some sort of benefit of the doubt, try to see things from their perspective. You're doing the devil's advocate? All right. Well, I did the research and I still don't get it. <laughs> Girl, it probably would have taken you days, a little bit more than a couple of weeks, I'm telling you. Well, you would think, but honestly, it was all pretty straightforward. So basically, if you don't know, the earth is round. We know this and has been established since as long as 240 BC. A Greek mathematician, whose name I'm probably going to butcher, Eratosthenes. That's all right, you can butcher white people's names. <laughs> it was during the summer solstice. He looked down into a well and could see that he didn't see a shadow. He then looked at the angle of the sun for that point in the time of the day and saw that it was at 7 degrees. 7 degrees is 1 50th of a circle, which is 360 degrees. Using that as a basis for his measurement, he hired some people to like walk the distance from that location of the well to like the main city, which was however many miles away at the time. And using that as his basis, he found, he gave a rough estimate of the Earth's circumference with like a 1% deviation. But basically that and various other philosophers and mathematicians at the time concurring with this based on things like, you know, the shadow of the Earth on the moon, when we're in front of it causing the phases and shit, it's a round shadow. And the position of the stars change depending on where you are as we like rotate and everything because we're curved obviously and this would not be true if we were on a flat surface where everything would be you know relatively on the same plane when it comes to the flat earth people there's kind of a lot to unpack but all at the same time there's not a lot going on with it basically they clearly think the earth is flat in spite of all the claims 
to the contrary and all the science to the contrary. They believe that NASA's faking photos and hiding the Earth's true edge because they think that basically the whole world is on one plane with the North Pole in the center. The things that keep water from falling off the edge are like ice walls and NASA won't let people get near them and if you try to, they'll erase your memory so that way you can't see the edge and prove that it's there. Wait, wait, so it's Game of Thrones and... Men in Black. Neuralizer. Right, right. So, <laughs> so we got the Game of Thrones, Ice Wall, the, the Man in Black Neuralizer. And I just, I'm sorry, the, just the center? Really? Like, the North Pole is the center. center. Like, we're. Where the fuck is the South Pole? The South Pole? I'm trying to remember if they said that it either doesn't exist or it's just very out on the edges. I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen videos of this too. I'm not gonna lie. Just because it's interesting to try to see where they're coming from. And they, some of them claim that it's the outer rim. Like that's the, the ice the, the wall. flat disk. Yeah, where the ice wall would be, it's the outer rim. That's the south pole would be the outer, the whole outer rim. See, like, the whole reason why I wanted to look into this is because I don't understand what the gag is. What's the point of us being lied to about the shape of the earth? How much does it actually affect our daily lives? What does knowing if it's flat or not affect? It's like... You didn't know that our tiny minuscule dumb silly minds can't possibly comprehend the edge of an actual planet but at the same time we believed that it was flat until we learned otherwise you know we did the math there's still people out there that believe the sun wraps around the earth though that's what I mean too that's what I was gonna say because when I first started doing this I'm like I don't understand the point because People who, you know, corrected the belief that the sun revolves around us rather than us revolving around the sun. They were like discredited. They were laughed at and mocked for believing something so stupid when ultimately that science is what proved to be true. But that's also what they're banking on on their side. They used to sit there and think this and philosophers used to think this and then they were proven wrong by other people. We can prove them wrong. That, we, you know, we, we just keep flip-flopping. Right. Like, Uno like, reverse it. So, the amount of, like, counter science that they have to bullshit in order to, like, prove their shit is hilarious. So, one of the kinds of evidence that I mentioned in terms of being able to know that the Earth is round is a round shadow on the moon that we cast. Basically, to sort of disprove this, they say there's actually a second celestial body that's like a moon that they call the anti-moon. And that's what causes round shadows on the moon instead of us because that moves around and goes in front of it. But we just can't see it. We can see like, you know, other celestial bodies, but we just can't see that one for some reason. Also, it's worth mentioning that they seem to be fine with the concept of things like the sun and the moon being round. They only specifically have an issue with the concept of the earth being round because somehow that's just impossible to conceive. Because they even commented or tweeted at Elon Musk saying that we believe or we have observed that Mars is round. How have you observed that Mars is round using the same technology that you claim is fake when pictures of around Earth are shown? Right. You should want, you like, if, if, you, if anybody who's listening wants to sit there and, and look at, like, a deeper aspect of what they're looking at, and what we're talking about, you should watch Behind the Curve on Netflix. That is a documentary that was done on it, and I watched it not so long ago. It's very interesting. And then, like, it's funny, because partway through, the guy plugs the, the, the stuff that he makes for flat earthers. Like, they make a flat earther clock. 
that he makes a lot of money off of it. It's a it's a line. It's a it's an active moving like light on a flat surface with the diagram of what the flat or the thing the Earth looks like and a small little light that's positioning itself across to show how the sun hits certain times of you know the, or certain parts of the planet while it's flat. If it's sunny in Los Angeles, this is why it's sunny in Los Angeles. See, that's a thing too. They explain the concept of the sun and moon appearing to rise and set because due to the fact that they don't think the earth is round, the whole idea of orbit and like rotation is also like non-existent. So instead, like the moon and the sun are just sort of floating on top of the flat surface of the earth and like spinning around the North Pole and only lighting up what's directly below them at that point in time. And that's like our night and day cycle. Right. Which is also really like so much counter like science that doesn't even make sense. You're just like coming up with your own, you're making up nonsense to try to make it sound and fit your idea, to fit your right. story, to fit your fiction. If you have a circular table in a kitchen and you place, place a light over that circular table in the kitchen, the entire surface of that table gets lit. Yeah, but Not I guess part, the, the sun has a very narrow scope apparently. Right, it doesn't light up all the other planets, just one of the other things that they were saying to contribute to the idea that NASA's lying to us, the reason why they think that is because by them lying about all these space pictures and satellites, satellites aren't real, by the way. Satellites aren't real. No, they're not real because they can't capture actual real images of the flat Earth, thus they must be fake. I bet you they can't explain Wi-Fi or, or <laughs> telecommunications. Like, Man. Like that. Anyway, so they believe... Since they believe all that shit's fake, they believe that NASA is basically being funded or stealing people's money under the guise of space exploration because they don't actually go out into space because they have no real photos of the Earth or anything. But at the same time, they believe in like Mars and like the other planets being there in round. So Doesn't the space station have a live feed that you're able to tag into at any time? I'm just saying the amount of suspension of disbelief that they believe everything is constantly being used just to... That's a lot of work, That's man. so much work just to keep up this guise that doesn't actually matter. I... Well, like, there's... Like, in the big scope of things, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anything about the day at all. It doesn't affect our government. It doesn't, like, change us. It's not... They want to say it's, like, some sort of lie to keep us oppressed or, like, in denial, but... For what? <laughs> but the way I sort of compare it in my head is like if a stranger who I don't know or care about comes to me and lies to me about their favorite flavor of ice cream, I have no way of knowing if it's true or not. But I also don't care because at the end of the day, their favorite flavor of ice cream has no f effect on my life. Exactly. But they can. But they make the effort to continuously pretend that it is their favorite flavor to keep up the illusion. But for what? Right. The answer to your question, though, is yes, there is like a channel or a YouTube feed that allows us to uh, look at the outside of the Earth from the space station camera or something like that. Yeah, there is. I knew there was. So like, yeah, you get to see that shit on live. And the only time they've ever shut it off is when like shit has hit debris or when they've had to work on the outside of it. Or hide a or UFO. When, when they saw that black, what they call the black sentinel. You ever seen that one? Oh yeah, that's that weird yeah, that's obelisk thing, thing right? Pictures of those, and then, I, then the feet shut off. What'd you say? That was that weird obelisk type thing. Yeah, it was this black, like it looked like it. It reminds me of the like one of the, the um, carnival rides. It's shaped like a little pea that you're supposed to slide into, and it just spins forward and 
and backwards and oh they call it the zipper and the zipper seats that's what it reminds me of because it's just black and it's nearly the same shape it just looks a little jagged and cornered according to some people ufo activity that passes by like the tether that got uh, released and there were circular objects that were able to slow down stop and reverse oh i didn't see that that's definitely more than like you know debris yep but um right. that has thrusters <laughs> movement. that has brakes but it's also really funny for them to constantly deny it too, especially since this is something, you know, the whole planet can agree on. Different world governments, you know, agree that the earth is round. Right. What, what, what makes me feel bad is like some people, like in the documentary I was talking about on Netflix, it's like people dedicate their lives to this stuff. Some people like, like this is the only way that they make money in some cases. This is the only thing that they do because they're retired, you know? Like for these people, proving this to them or everything they've worked for has been for nothing. And they don't want to sit there and have been invested all this time and all this money into this theory and have it not pay off. So they're going to fight and just be disagreeable with every counterpoint and every proof that you have for them otherwise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I feel like a lot of these theories are just people disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing. Like, you have nothing to gain. Some people just need a fight. And I get that. Sometimes you feel like you you need to just let energy off of your chest and you need to go do something. But that's what hobbies are for. That's why people play violent video games, just so that I don't be violent out in public. Sometimes the, the aggression and the anxiety and the tension gets moved in different spots, and then you sit there and emotionally invest in something, and now you're stuck with it. And then you have to see it through. Even if you sit there and seen your some of your stuff proven wrong, it's too late. You hitched your horse to this. I feel like I'm just... I don't know, it's going to sound douchey, but I have too much mental fortitude to sit there and see how blatantly wrong something is and choose to ignore the facts. Another way that we know the Earth is round is because pilots can, you know, start in one place, fly in a straight line, and come all the way around, you know? If it was just flat, they would hit, you know, the edge. You could sit there and head straight to your target via air and you could do it in a loop right along a latitudinal line or a longitudinal line, then they'd round. Fucking round. You want to know how they explain that away? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So they believe that GPS is rigged to make it look like we're flying around a globe when actually they're just flying around that middle point of the North Pole in the center. Like experienced pilots who are trained to do this stuff, know all the instruments, can't tell that they're flying around in a fucking circle. Can I just say that it's got to be a hell of a CEO meeting with Garmin and, you know, all the other GPS-owning people? That's what I'm saying, like... Cars and Toyotas and Subarus and, 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 like, there's a lot of car companies that all have to be in on this, too. That's what I'm saying, the amount (laughs) of disbelief. High level you need to suspend that, like, so much. Because like, there's so many people on so many levels that have to be involved in this stupid little lie in order to like keep this up. It's, <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like literally after reading that, I was just like, okay, so the pilots don't notice that they're going around in a circle. They just don't know what they're doing at all. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, what, you know what I really want to know about? I want to know about the people who clean up in the rooms after the meetings. I wanna be, I wanna listen to what the staff hears. In these places that like these, these secret meetings have to pop off on, there's gotta be people who clean, there's gotta be people who bring in the food to cater. And when you're rich and probable, you clearly talk shit all the time. So you don't care about who hears you. So I've gotta have like a meeting and I've gotta know who these people are that come in because these rich and proper people don't do this and then clean up after themselves. 
Yeah. They don't come in with a potluck and bring your own dish to, to the Illuminati meeting day. So, like, there's, 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 like, a whole level of other people considered, you know, lower staff or whatever that would have to be insinuated in all of these theories. All of them. Too many factors. Right, there's minutia that needs to be involved and so much that has to happen. Like, you have to make sure your cleaning lady don't know nothing. Like, what kind of security is going on with all of these? I just think it'd be really interesting to hear. Like, maybe if they created a story about the cleaning lady who comes in after the Illuminati meeting or after the Blizzard Alien meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that'd be a good, funny movie. Maybe have um, oh, the the guys from um, Hot Fuzz. Simon Pegg. Yes. Nick have Castle. Them, the whole class the director too have them do it and it'd be fabulous i would say uh to piggyback off of your the maid that they would have to have to clean up someone who could keep their mouth shut because they say very little would be consuela from family guy <laughs> oh yeah no 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 no, 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 no. no, no. we need more pine salt are you lemon pledge salt? lemon pledge is what it is lemon pledge so no we need more lemon pledge <laughs> You want to know something else that they don't believe in is a uh, gravity. It doesn't fit into, you know, their worldview <laughs> because right. one of the things that they disagree with for the earth being round is like, how do they keep all the water stuck to the ball? Because I guess gravity doesn't exist. And speaking of gravity, here's their explanation on how we stay planted on the ground. So basically they say that the flat surface of the earth is constantly accelerating upwards at a decent clip to then like sort of force our bodies, you know, the momentum keeping us down. That's still a gravitational force. It's just it, momentum. Yeah. It's just momentum. <laughs> oh, I can't with people. I can't. And I here's, can't. here's the question I have. Where the fuck are we going if we're constantly going up? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go? Oh, that's so funny. Susan. Where the fuck are we going? Girl, did they think the same thing? Where the fuck are we going? Like I'm traveling at a speed, <laughs> which you know we could start in Star Warsing in this bitch. What's the momentum? What's pushing us forward? How are we moving? Where does it end? Where are the thrusters? Like where at the what? In this bitch, and why have we not hit an asteroid on another planet? Yeah, where do we plateau? Cause like we we're just going up all the time. There's no end in sight. We're just going, just right. going and going. <laughs> and like not to mention that our status as a planet that's able to sustain life is so very dependent on our very specific positioning like we have to be the right distance from the sun we are a planet of convenience dog like, yeah we are conveniently got you know the right microbes to pop off and create miniature microbial life to and get water he was able to evolve from that you know i like i all right so just dive real quick I'm agnostic. I believe in a higher being, but I'm not convinced by any one religion. Same but, vibe. Like, if, if, if we have proof of evolution, we have fossils, we have proof that, that there, was a, there was a small bit of distance be- between dinosaurs and when apes evolved into people. We just haven't found that secret link between them because it could have been a huge leap. It's, <laughs> and, okay, so my last two things of their evidence is one, the earth is flat because it looks flat. You know, when I'm standing here, it looks flat because never judge a book by its cover. Because our senses have never lied to us before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like anytime like your argument is like, because that's primarily like the majority of their arguments. Like, oh yeah, well, how come buildings don't look curved? I gonna have the reasoning of a five-year-old. That's what I mean. That's, that's like most of their why. arguments. Like, 
That's most of the arguments. I covered the more scientific ones that aren't real science. Um, they're blatant denials of science. I see it is, so I say it is. I mean, yeah, there's people who describe it as Cartesian doubt, because Descartes is the one who said, I think, therefore I am. If it looks flat, it must be flat. And that's a very dangerous mindset to go around with because if you're constantly in denial of anything that science is there for a reason. Right, in this context to be said, that whole walks like a duck, quacks like a duck thing, you know, like that's the, that, that would go for when people sit there and show you who they are, believe them. You know what I mean? And that falls along that line. So there has to be context involved when it comes to that. You can't sit, just sit there and use that and apply for everything. Yeah, because like just going off of empirical evidence just looking at something and assuming you know everything about it like we don't see gravity but we feel it it's there does that mean right, we understand we visually see it's there but when we see things fall on the floor yeah an example that i saw described for like how our senses betray us you can base it off of the fact that right now as you're talking as you're looking with your eyes your nose is there but your mind edits it out. You, it's always there. You can always see it. But majority of the time, how much do you actually consciously notice it? Right. You don't acknowledge that it's there unless you're making a stupid face and you're popping both eyes to the nose. Yeah. So does that mean your nose isn't there? Right. I don't see my lips, but I know that they're there. Yeah. You, majority of the time, without a mirror, you don't see yourself, but you're there. I mean, I also could be a vampire. You don't know me like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do with my nighttime hobbies? <laughs> it keeps reminding me it's my favorite phrase of the five-year-old used to sit there saying if i can't see you you can't see me mm -hmm. we're playing hide and seek and it's just like that's not how that works you're crouched next to the couch with your butt sticking out i see you yeah nuh -uh, nuh -uh. It's a yes i can see you nuh -uh. and like i asked in the beginning what's the gag mostly the only answer they don't really have an answer they just say like no it's not that's their like whole <laughs> argument they don't have a reason <laughs> They're like, uh, it's just you know. a lie. Okay, but for what? The closest thing... The, <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. I know you are, but what am I? The closest thing to like a sort of answer, and this one's weird because then it starts to get religious for some reason, is that like anyone who is a proponent of round earth is satanic. It's evil. Some people say it's attached to the Illuminati trying to like discard our... They're trying to bleed it in with other conspiracies. Yeah. It's catching online is the word I'm looking for. Maybe yeah. Gaining momentum for the clout. It is really exactly. funny, man. Because they apparently, I guess, the Illuminati has power over us if we can believe the Earth is round. You mean like voodoo? If you believe in voodoo, then it'll work on you. I what guess. Was what was that movie? Uh, was Skeleton Key? Skeleton Key. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So voodoo only work on you if you believe. <laughs> Here's my attempt to connect uh, round Earth and the Illuminati. So if the Earth is a sphere. A sphere is a three-dimensional object. You know what else is a three-dimensional object? A pyramid. What's a pyramid representative of? The Illuminati. But I don't see sitting there people coming out saying that, you know, cubed items are Illuminati-based. There was this kid's show called Pekala, I believe, and their theme song, their whole thing was that, that the world was a square. So their <laughs> theme song was, some say the world is round. It's true, they do. That it's flattened down, but here's some news. When you look at it up close, at the end of your nose, you'll see it's a great big box where dreams come true. All the world is square. That was our song. So I propose that we convert people, flat earthers, into square earthers. Why square? I say we go cylinder. I like cylinder. Cylinders just will cover more space. A cylinder would cover North Pole and South Pole. You know what? 
there was something actually that um <laughs> not a cylinder but there was like oh, okay. scientists discuss something about a pear-shaped kind of i think orbit effect and they're like okay but how come when you take pictures of the earth it's not shaped like a pear but it wasn't exactly what they were talking about but they use yeah. it as evidence like see y'all lying all right so how about we do cone instead it'll cover the flat earthers on the bottom while introducing the the, the pointed top for illuminati you want to know something too they have no explanation or no kind of like theory at all for what the fuck's underneath the earth if it's flat they're like we don't know about the bottom we just know about the top i <laughs> i honestly was hoping that the earth inside was a gooey nougat center no i want it to be like the was it the center of the earth with the rock or any like flexes pec muscle Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want it to be like the entire civilization of an, uh, under there, of like a Jurassic World. Animals. Like yes, like I want to, I want to see, I want, I want to see it. I think that would be absolutely beautiful. I would love to see just one of the underwater oceans that happen when there's too much salt water at the lower levels of the ocean because you can see animals floating in and out of it. And mm. It's got to be beautiful. Day. I think that would be absolutely awesome. But creamy nougat center would work too. They did also have something discussing like why they didn't believe the idea of the earth being round because you know the old saying that you could dig a hole straight below you and pop out in China. Yeah, yeah I remember that shit. There's a lot of cartoons that did that. They yeah. have an issue with that concept because they said something about like, okay, but how would you flip? Would you go into China feet first or would you come out head first? It doesn't make any sense. And they also have an issue with the idea of like the way that um, rotation works. They don't believe in rotating earth. They disagree with the concept because of like, how could something clockwise be counterclockwise in a different spot of the world? But there's actually like, if you run a sink in China versus in America, supposedly when you're at like polar ends, watching this water in the sink drain, it will drain counterclockwise or clockwise depending on where you are because of the pull of the earth. Can I just say real quick about the first point that you made about people being mad that like, oh, what happened? Where would the gravity flip if you dug your way to China? That's just an old wives' tale. Nobody clearly, really understands yeah, <laughs> that you can dig your way to the China. So people trying to refute that shit would be like people getting mad that like Foghorn Lakehorn wasn't really from the South and his accent is fake. You know, like this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you why are you fighting? They're like old wives' tales. They're you trying. Know, get mad that I just like spit on a broom because it swept across someone's feet. You're gonna try to debate whether or not it's an old wives' tale and how far back it goes. No, it's just what it is. It's not real. When you have to like debate or base your arguments on like the smallest of things and try your hardest to like make them sound invalid your argument probably isn't that great it's just dumb trying to refute facts that aren't facts yeah like when Peter got mad at the, the animal crackers box or at animal crossing <laughs> right or animal crossing i just i can't why are you getting mad at shit that doesn't happen that that's like it's not real I'm not going to have a, a, a full-on debate with somebody about something that's not real. Like, out of the things to prove, you should find things to actually refute real shit over, not refute old wives' tales, because clearly people don't really think that that's true. So, as we close out the show, we usually mention weird topics or headlines that were in the news for the week, or just humorous in general. I have one where a man was arrested for reselling game consoles that were supposed to be for delivery. So wait, he was stealing packages? Well, the suspect says he spent nearly all the money that he made from selling the contents of those delivery packages at the racetrack, horses specifically. That's 
So he stole packages, sold them, and used the money on the on the races. Yep. Is a fi- 50 year old man has been arrested by Tokyo police for allegedly reselling approximately 200 video game consoles and games that were set for delivery. And he confessed to those charges. So the value of the consoles totaled 5.8 million yen. That's $51,000. And it's and it's believed that he made over 3 million yen, which is 26k in profit. So well, yeah, it's all good. It's all gonna be profit because it's free shit to him. Good lord. Uh, it, All those consoles, I'd be so mad. It was 200 PS5s, Nintendo Switches, oh, yeah. and games at the request of an acquaintance who worked for a delivery company. But instead of delivering said load, the suspect sold over half of the consoles that day to game shops in the Akihabara area. I feel like he oh, would have yeah. made more money just from doing that. Going to the racetracks is dumb. Yeah, that was a way to squander right. that 26k he made. Right, you just made <laughs> mad money. Yo, like, at, like, he's 50. Like, he could have invested in a business. He could have he could have done all kinds of shit. Like, why would you just waste the money on the horses? I question. no sense. I question, um, you know, he sold it to what sounded like shops. He said it was specifically shops in, you know, Tokyo's most popular touristy gamer district. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. like, he, so... It's okay. You're telling me that a Japanese GameStop, let's just say for the sake of argument, this Japanese GameStop, they literally straight out handed this man money to buy console stock and didn't question where it came from? You know what I mean? It would have been, it would have been, it's a, it's a completely different capitalist type of situation. Yeah, but I'm suspicion sure is still the same, like, all the, you know, nonetheless. There's gotta be, like, they deal in rare items as well. So if, like, say I came there with a rare Excel Saga figure art you know doll that got that got released 10 15 years ago and is out of print if i came to them with a box they'd absolutely buy it off i feel like uh that regardless of where it's located the fact of the matter is is that suspicion is still suspicion you know what i mean i think what could be a factor in that to help throw away any sort of like where'd you get that from would be probably because things like a ps5 are really hard to get right now across the globe which would make it right. even more a, likely the, to be questioning where did you get it Animal Crossing came out too. yeah there was a switch shortage for a while so i feel like because they might be just desperate to sell this and turn a profit for themselves they would might just buy it be like yo we need to like sell these we have stock that other people don't have they might just take it well if he passed it off as oh you know this is a pre-owned thing, I don't want it anymore, then that's one thing. But how many systems could you sell that way? You know what I mean? He had right. 200 say, packages. Times, it'll be suspicious. The yeah. first time, no. But like after two or three, then hell yeah, it'll be suspicious you're coming up with a game that, with a, with a console that nobody else can get right now. Yeah, and you're trading yours in. You know what I mean? I mean, is scalping a issue? Well, it's probably an issue, but is it a legal issue in Japan? Um, that I'm not completely sure about. It's just a matter of to 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 talk about that. Um, that's wasting it on the racetrack. He could have sold that shit on eBay and would have right. made much more money. You know what I mean? But like because right. the scalpers in the box. Up, if he had a, a, a personal account that he didn't want to set up. Well, in Japan, they it's common for the media to note employment statuses of suspects in criminal cases. This man was unemployed, but yet he was able yeah. to get his hands on 200 consoles and games. From where? From, well, I think it said it was from, from a friend. From a friend that was working in the thing. I think that's what it said. I think they were probably having him deliver as like probably a under table job thing. But 
technically, I mean, that's a lot to, you know, technically fall off the truck, especially since it had addresses, you know what I mean? Right. A story I saw, but I didn't read, was in America, like a UPS driver dumped a bunch of packages into a ravine. I didn't read the whole thing, but... I saw that, I saw that story. Like he did it intentionally. They said that the various reports say that the relationship between the suspect and the employee at the delivery company has not been fully fleshed out. All I know is, is that dude's out of a job. For yeah, sure. Yeah, no kidding. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy, the 50-year-old guy was unemployed because he has a gambling problem if he immediately went to the racetracks oh, yeah. with that money. How many K? You said like, 26K. What? 26K? 26K. And he immediately what went to go blow is, What is the profit that he made from it? He Yo, immediately went to go spend that. At least a little bit. The thing, like, but you see, after selling the hall, he stayed at internet cafes throughout Tokyo. Spent a lot of his time just sitting there. For the money, it seems like they're recovering all the cash will be difficult. As um, he was having money problems is what he was quoted as saying. I nearly bet all the money on horse racing. Of course he did. He probably paid off whatever he owed to somebody. Or dug a hole even deeper. Oh, just like homeboy from Squid Game. Yep. But that's my entry. And that's it, folks, for our episode. We will see you next week when we will discuss another topic or topics of the day. Bye. Thank you for listening.